Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You work hard for your money. Are you sure it's working hard for you? You could be sure with Marowest Credit Union. As a credit union, Marowest is all about people, you and me. So they do the right thing by offering us better rates, greater choices, and better service. Marowest Smart Rewards Checking is a perfect example. It's a checking account that pays you with rates up to 18 times the national average. Really, check it out at marowest.com. And service? Marowest takes pride in what they do. Experience it. Your dreams and Marowest's values just go together. Consider Marowest today. What's going on, Bird Gang? This is Darren Sproles here. I just want to thank you all for tuning in to Eagles Broad, the Broad Network. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is a Brawl Network production. You're listening to the Eagles Brawl Podcast. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! Here to take you on the road to victory. It's Connor Miles, Ed Cross, Johnny Page, and Tyler Steege. All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. However you're listening, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you get the podcast. Radio.com also, I have to clue that in there because I forgot it. We greatly appreciate it. Co-host Connor Miles here with my colleague at Sports Illustrated, Ed Cross. Ed, you know, they really just did the Eagles blew up the NFL world. The day I write this great article about why I think Kyle Pitts should be picked at number six because I would put so much heart and passion into it. I hated the nonsense I heard about Kyle Pitts and the positional value of a tight end when you look at this player as arguably a t- generational talent. But no more, Ed, because the Eagles trade away from six and you're not going to get Kyle Pitts at number 12. I thoroughly, strongly believe that. But let's yeah. talk about the trade, man. You know, let's focus on it now. The Eagles move down to 12. What were your initial thoughts? I mean, they picked up the extra first. That's huge, of course. They get the fourth-round pick, finally. They're back in the fourth round. Finally, they worked really hard. That 123rd overall pick, Ed. What do you What do you think? What was your initial reaction? Well, I, w- I was stunned at the suddenness of it, you know? It's just all of a sudden, boom, there's this trade, you know? And I guess it was never No Eagles beat writer, media member, or insider will pick up an Eagles draft day trade until it happens. No, I know. I mean, it, because you never know what the Eagles are going to do in the draft. But listen, your your premise on that article about Kyle Pitts being the guy at six that was a great that was a great premise. I mean, you didn't want him to overthink it, right? With the sixth pick, you just take who's there, take the best player available. It looked like it was probably going to be Pitts or Jamar Chase, right. uh, and uh, they decided to overthink it. <laughs> the whole point, the whole point, Ed, is when you're when you're having this roster that it is right now. And your best players are over the age of 30, and you don't have that core you can build around and lean on. That's a young player. I mean, I know they have some few young, talented players on this team, but there's no one superstar. 
young player. Yeah. You take the generational talent when you get them in your hands. Yeah. I, I'm not mad they traded down because I do think they're going to trade up. I don't think they're going to stay at 12. I think they're going to get okay. into the eight or nine range. I do strongly believe it. I, I mean, you have 11 picks now, and then next year you have three first-round picks. You're you're thinking right now, I'm going to acquire as much ammo as I can because, look, my team is not good with the youth department. I have to inject an influx of youth talent to this team, especially when you bring in this new coaching staff. These older guys, as much as we love them and as much as they're committed to them, they're going to phase out eventually, Ed, especially with this new coaching staff. It's how it happens every year with a the team. They need to bring in and inject. Like, in 2013, you get Lane Johnson and you get Zach Ertz. That's like the face of your franchise for the next 10 years. And it has, yeah. Literally. That way. 2016, it failed with Carson once, but that was the premise when picking him, was he's going to be the face of your franchise for at least 10-plus years. And that's what you were starting with with your new coaching staff. They have to do that with Nick Sirianni and to build long-term with him. So I don't think they're going to stay at 12 anyways. And if they do, you're in J.C. Horn territory at least. That's the corner that you're going to need long-term because you're looking at Darius Slade right now and you're thinking, I want this guy to mentor my next corner because he's on his way out eventually. He has two years left on his deal. Like there's, I think the last year was even voidable. So what, what is it, his last year on his deal now? For Slay? Yeah. Well, he's got a $22 million cap hit. In 2022, you know, you know that's not going to happen. They're not. Yeah, gonna, that's not going to happen. But he yeah, might so, here. He's already showing willingness to do so. But still, right? You want to get him at least to groom his replacement, or yeah. at least teach him. And there's there's guys. I mean, there's a couple ways the Eagles could go here. They could stay at 12. And you know, I wrote about this. To me, that signals they're going to go defense if they stay at 12. I mean, they've picked in this 10 to 15 range uh, three times since Fletcher Cox came back in 2012. I think it was so. You know, I think he came, you know, in that what, 10 to 15 range. Derek Barnett came in that range. Brandon Graham came in that range. So three times they've picked between 10 and 15, and they've gone defense. And That's a corner range in this yeah, draft. I, I think so, too. I think and, – and I'm excited about getting a corner because they need cornerback help. And if you think J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertain are going to be there – then take him at 12 and then come back in the second round. And if you feel like you need a receiver, uh, I think people are overplaying the receiver. Yeah, they need a stud, but I really think Rager uh, and Fulgham and Ward uh, are going to be better in this Nick Sirianni run offense. I really do. And you just can't give up on Quez Watkins and Giant Hightower after you spent money or draft picks on them last year. So, uh, you know, I still would come back with a receiver maybe in the second round. And there's going to be good ones. You know, there's going to be Terrace Marshall, um, Darius Toney. I mean, these are two. Darius Toney would be an amazing fit in this offense. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, go defense in the first round. If you stay at 12, you think they're going to move up to nine. I'm, I think they'll try for sure because, you know, Howie doesn't sit still. But uh, I I think they go defense in the first round, wide receiver in the second, and then you come back in defense in the third and, and try to get your edge rusher, which they need, and maybe a D tackle or a safety or another cornerback um, and start building that defensive side of the ball. I know it doesn't help Jalen Hurts with the weapons, but I think they do have some weapons here that will be developed. So – you know, I'm not so sure how much a wide receiver plays into their thinking, to be honest with you, at least in the first round. No, I agree with you. I agree with you completely. But I think, again, like I go back to, you're looking at this class, and I mean, you're looking at this draft, you're thinking, I don't care what the position is. I need somebody to be a generational talent for this team because we need to inject yeah. like elite caliber talent for this team finally. Give them that superstar type player. The team's lacking young superstars as is. But – 
I agree with you though. If you're saying if they say at pick twelve, that's a corner range. They're going corner. Yeah, or or linebacker. You know. I mean, we talked off air about or, or Michael, yeah, or Michael Parsons because I think that. Look, yeah. I know everybody's gonna be like, "Look, that's not the Philadelphia philosophy. That's not how the Eagles are built." I think the Eagles are built with four first round picks in the next two years. I think yeah. they're built with eleven draft picks in this upcoming draft. I think they're looking at this team thinking, "What I'm just saying right now is." We don't have young generational talent. We don't have a young superstar. If we think Michael Parsons could be that, we're going to draft him. Now, Ed, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not drafting Michael Parsons, though. That's well. <laughs> I, I like yeah. Michael Parsons. Listen, you can talk about his red flag, his character issue. You know, he. I was on his pro day call. I'm not even going to that because I, I yeah. firmly believe only God can judge a man. But yeah, Right. Yeah. And, and I, you know, LeVar Arrington vouched for him, came to his rescue as a, as a you know, a character uh, source saying he's a fine character, has him over the house, feels comfortable with him being there. I mean, listen, I I like Michael Parsons. I think he's going to be a difference maker on the field. Um, well, I believe so. Because, I, I mean, yeah. his I, – and not to really be blunt, but, I mean, studying this – look, I mean, when you cover the team now and you have to figure out, like, who Nick Sirianni is, who Jonathan Gannon is, who Shane Steichen is, you need to – you need to dive in and watch it yourself. You need to figure out like where they came from and what they did well. And and then just read articles about them because they'll teach you what influence they had on that defense. And then you can go watch the film yourself and see what they did. That's, I mean, that's all we're doing right now. Yeah. So when I see Jonathan Gannon and I see him coming from the Mike Zimmer type defense, they need a strong blitzing linebacker. Yeah, They need, they need a great pass rushing linebacker to add to this defense. And that's why when I, I wrote about their interest in Newell, uh, Novelle Hewitt, I figured the reason why is it's not because of coverage because obviously he lacks in that department and that's where all the other Eagles linebackers lack in. But he's strong in the pass rushing department. I don't know if this team thinks Davion Taylor is going to be that linebacker. I don't think they will do. I don't think Jonathan Gannon views him as that type of linebacker because they're they're transitioning Jannard Avery to linebacker. That just singles to me that you don't think you have that pass rushing specialist linebacker you can ask to be your blitzing linebacker. No. So Michael Parsons, no matter what anyone thinks, is 100% in play because the Eagles are going to go completely unorthodox. This is going to be a completely – it's not going to be the same old Eagles philosophy. They need to change it up because the team needs to change. Everything that they've done before is not working anymore. They need to inject youth and inject new um, – excuse me, great talent to this team that's young. Jonathan Gannon was a former scout. I think they're going to really strongly consider his emphasis on players or his valuation of players. Mm-hmm. If the, with this 11 picks coming up in the 2021 NFL draft and three first round picks going into the 2022 NFL draft, I don't think positional value matters to the Eagles right now. I think they want to bring the best players and best talents in to really define this new culture that they're going to go into since they couldn't do it in free agency. Ed, they didn't have any money. No. So Michael Parsons is 100% in play at 12, but I will say, they, if they can find that next true number one corner that they can develop themselves and they can get in the first round, like certain, I mean, Patrick Certain or JC Horn, I don't know, man. I love both of them because they both have NFL pedigree. I love when a player has NFL pedigree. I, I really think JC Horn is going to be the best corner from this draft, though. He might be the best defensive player in this draft, to be honest with you. Um, Good. Yeah, he could be. I mean, he's, I, I really like him. He had a great pro day. Uh, and if the Eagles stay at 12 and he's there, I mean, even if they trade up to nine, are they trying to get ahead of the Cowboys maybe who might take a cornerback? They need a quarterback too. I know, you know? They, they could. They it, could. Yeah. And then you have to be comfortable with Patrick Sertain. I mean, I I think a cornerback makes sense. And then listen, the Eagles always like to throw curveballs in the draft. Nobody saw them taking Dillard 
uh, a couple years ago. Jalen Rager, I don't think anybody predicted Jalen Rager to go there. I mean, what about the kid from Notre Dame, Jeremiah Wusu Koamora? I mean, that he's a very light. That was a great print. I was not going to try to do that one. <laughs> Good for it's you. Okay, but yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's he needs to gain weight for sure. But man, that guy. You talk about blitzers off the edge. That guy can work his way through traffic uh, and find the ball carrier. You'd have to add weight, but he's also that hybrid type player that you could play him back at safety too in some. In some aspects, you know, he's a very good cover linebacker. He's a good blitzing linebacker, not really considered kind of a top 15 type talent because he is on the lighter side. I think, you know, Notre Dame has its pro day during the week here, and I'm not sure what he weighs. I think he's in around maybe 220, something like that. So he would have to get bigger, but man, he's fast. He can go sideline to sideline and he can come off that edge. You know, it could be a, a curveball the Eagles might throw. I'm not saying they will. Huh? Is he really in the 220 range? I, I, again, I'm not. I'd have to check that. Um, but yeah, he he's light. He was in the two thirties, two forties range, and I thought that was well, well maybe, disaster, maybe but <laughs> maybe that I mean, is right. No, I, I don't. Excuse me, because what they did with Josh Sweat was amazing because he was very light coming to the Eagles, and they gave him that whole wild card year. But that was a fourth round pick. Right, I know. In the first I know. Round. But I think but, you could you could play uh, Jeremiah, uh, and and you'd be fine with him. He's listed as 216, uh, uh, you know. But he won the Butkus. He won the Dick Butkus Award as a linebacker. I mean, oh, I'm not saying he's bad, but I mean, I, he, yeah. I mean, if he's going to be, I think he's more of like an edge specialist. Yeah, the so Eagles aren't taking him at 12. I'm just throwing him out there as the kind of wild card curveball that. Oh, we've I've seen many with. mocks where he's going in the top 15. You have yeah. to throw that curveball out there, I because like I'm saying, Ed. I don't positional value is out the window with this team right now. Right. Until you you can't even. I think your most probably your most talented youngest player is Miles Sanders. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, Jalen Rager. I'd put in there too. You hope oh, Rager. Going can, to be, but right now you have to yeah, say Miles. Right, right now, sure, Miles, because he does have that track record, and you hope this will be a thousand yard year form for. Whenever the you can say that about a running back about your team, you're doing yeah. something wrong. I'm not gonna lie to you. You're doing something wrong. Something's wrong there. I love Miles Sanders, but something's wrong there. I'm sorry. They need to go into this draft and say, screw whatever philosophy we had on position value because it, our philosophies made us four eleven and one last year. Mm-hmm. And who I mean, on that de- who on that defense are you scheming for? If you're an offensive coordinator for another team, I mean, who do you have to say? Look, we have to block him. Obviously, Fletcher Cox and and Brandon Graham, but. You know, really, I would argue NFL teams have done a pretty fairly good job these last couple of years containing Fletcher Cox. Yeah. And Brandon Graham's going to make his impact no matter what, but Brandon Graham can only do so much on one side of the field. Right, exactly. So you need a guy that can range from sideline to sideline, a linebacker, or you need a, you need a, 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 to develop a shutdown corner like a J.C. Horner or Patrick Sertain. But, you know, linebacker to He's me dead. certainly makes sense. up to nine. To draft the corner, Ed. I'm not saying they can trade up to nine just to take Kyle Pitts away from potentially the New York Giants and the excuse me, the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants, which mm-hmm. I think is a real threat. I yeah. do think it might be one of the scenarios, but they might trade up to take that corner away from them. Yeah, especially Dallas. I know Dallas always seems to like the offensive side of the ball, but um, oh, they desperately need defense. They desperately need defense. Yeah. I know but the Eagles desperate. And not only that you're hiring your defensive coordinator's background is in the secondary. So you're probably going to oblige to what he would specialize in, especially since you're already bringing Anthony Harrison. Now a guy that he has strong ties to 
you're, if you're going to have to bring in somebody that whether you do it in the first round, you're doing it at pick 37 or higher. You're getting a corner. You have to. They yes. have to. Right. 100% have to. That's a way higher need than anything else than what we're picking right now. That's a higher need than receiver, honestly. But I will say, if they do take corner in the first, they need to figure out Marshall or Kadarius Tooney in the second because I, I like what you're saying about those guys, but Nick Sirianni's offense with Indianapolis is nothing but space. I need guys that can work in space. I love Jalen Waddle with the Eagles. Yeah, Jalen Waddle would be a great fit. But if you don't go wide receiver in the first, which I think is a strong chance you don't, your chances in the second are pretty high, especially with this new offensive system in place and not really having that many wide receivers you would really think are ideal fits or proven fits. You can upgrade Greg Ward in the slot. You can move around Jalen Rager to play the X or the Y if you need to. You could bring in a Kadarius Tooney to play the slot, though. I mean, I, work in space like that, I would love that. Give Trade up for me either pick 37 or take him there if he gets there. Uh Move up yeah. to 33, perhaps, with Jaguars. Land him. Make sure you get him. I would love that pick at, in the second round. I'm yeah. kind of, like, hinting at what I'm thinking about doing for – yeah. I, I, I love Rashad Bateman, too, the Minnesota receiver. I love Rashad Bateman, but I think he does – because I've even seen Eagles fans, like, acknowledge that he might be in in the pick at 12. And I, I, I think it's fair. I think he does go higher than most think. I think I think he might go in the in the 20s. Yeah, so do I. If he, if he's sitting there uh, late in the draft of the first round, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles find a way to try to get back into the first round to, to take him um, because he has the size. You know, he's a big guy. Um, and, again, depending on what they do with the 12th pick, you know, if they go defense, they're going to, I think, have to come back and get a receiver somewhere here. Um, but right. yeah, I like his size. Well, you know, he's got I good size. have commodities on the team. Bateman would probably push Fogum to be your ex receiver, anyways. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Fogum can play the slot too. So I mean, it's not like it's a it given which I have his Fogum anyways as is. But I mean, it, he's not going to prohibit me from taking a guy like Rashad Bateman. I love Rashad Bateman too. I've always been a fan since last year because I love Tyler Johnson. But when you would Tyler, turn on the Tyler Johnson film, Rashad Bateman would always steal your eyes. <laughs> right. Yeah, and Tyler and- Johnson is a key contributor for that Buccaneers team though this year doing the Super Bowl. I will say for a fifth round pick. Yeah, he made some catches. Well, you know who else I like is that North Carolina receiver, Diami Brown. I mean, he's a you know he's he, buzz lately. Yeah, he's a he's a big play guy. He's a fast guy. Um, be interesting to see what he runs at his pro day, his time. But um, you know he he's a guy that you could play line up outside too, and I like his size. You know, he comes from a good program, and I I think he could be a guy that you might see taken in the second round. I'm not sure he'll be around in the third if the Eagles stay put and come around and pick number 70. I don't think he'll be there. He might be, but if he is, then they definitely should grab him there. What do you – I'm loving that they have so many draft picks. At, I mean, I, it took me a little bit to digest this trade because my initial reaction was, wow, we're going to trust Howie Roseman instead of letting him have, like, his grand prize of you can't miss talent at pick number six. We're trusting him now with pick number 12. But – now that we have time to digest it and see, see, like, you know, they're really accepting the fact that this team is just so far away with talent-wise. They need to bring so much youth and better talent to this team where they, they're now they're saying, yeah, let's get let's rack up these picks. Let's get as many picks as we can, bring in as much youth to this team and hope they stick. But what did you I mean? Now that we finally digest this and we finally realize Jalen Hurts is the quarterback in 2021, there's no way now. Anybody else says it's it's Jalen Hurts' show. Yeah, I mean, you think this is the right move? 
uh, with Jalen Hurts coming in to be the starter? Yeah, I, I absolutely. You know I feel, but I just wanted to ask every. Yeah, what's no, I know you've written about Hurts, and you made some great points in an article you wrote about Jalen Hurts. Uh, but yeah, I think Hurts is a guy that you have to give twenty twenty one to. Um, you know, you, he's in the good environment, like you mentioned. You know, Brian Johnson, the quarterback coach, has known him for quite a long time. Um, this is a good environment environment for him to succeed, and he's putting the work in in the off season. Um, and then, as you mentioned in the article, if, if he doesn't pan out and he doesn't have the type of year that you hope he has, then you still have at least two first round picks in 2022 and two second rounders. You hope that it becomes three first rounders. It's three first. Uh, he's playing 12 games at least. Yeah, 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 I would think so. But, you know, even two firsts and two seconds is pretty good in 2022 okay. at minimum. So, yeah, I think that gives you ammunition in 2022. And everybody says, oh, well, it's not a good draft class in 2022. But listen. Oh, everybody says that every year. I know. Nobody saw Joe Burrow rising up in 2020 to have the year he did or 2019. And then last year it was Zach Wilson. Nobody saw him. I I love when everybody falls for that cliche every year. And then you you, – that's like the old freezing take exposed type tweets right there because that's just such bull. The U.S. quarterback Slovis is – very talented. Yeah, and I, I, going back to North Carolina, Sam Howell, who's having yeah. a pro day with these. Sam well, Howell is a very Howell's accurate, a very good name. Yes, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I. And there's and there's guys out there that always laugh when people say that. Know at this point, you know, guys that aren't really considered first round talent who could have a year that. Joe Burrow was a fourth round pick at best before his yeah. his last season at LSU. I know. Right. Help Joe Brady come into the back into the right. NFL. So I mean, I you know you don't know who's going to rise up in twenty twenty one season. You just hope that it's a it's a it's a a normal type season where everybody has their twelve thirteen games that they play. Or the Russell's whistling situation blows up and Harry Roseman writes his wrongs. Yeah, yeah, and maybe that's that's another good thing about this deal is yeah you have eleven picks and that's the most of any team in this year's draft um, more by a lot. Um, so it's an odd year because of the evaluation process, you know, guys opting out, um, teams not having full seasons like the PAC 12. I mean, they did, they only played, I think six or seven games and you know how he loves those PAC 12 players. So, you know, it's going to be tougher evaluating players in this year's draft than it will be in 2022, assuming that we have a normal college football season this fall. Well, the vaccine's out, so. Stronger chances than it was this past year. That's all that yeah. matters. So I agree with you with that. I think that's a great point. That's what I was going to bring up too. But they I mean you took the words right out of my mouth. I, 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 that when you take all those draft picks and you start building for the next year with these picks, Miami's doing the same thing. I think my, what Miami's doing is brilliant as well. You're saying, I, you know, I, I like the top heavy of this draft, but there's so much unknown at the bottom of it yeah. that I'm going to go ahead and punt the rest of this and go into next year. Cause I think they're going to, I think you're going to see a lot of trades with the Eagles where they acquire 2022 picks still in this draft. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. A lot of rounds, but I think it's going to be, you know, they've done it before though. They trade a fourth round pick for a 2022 third. It happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I something's going to happen like that. I, I think 100% or at least a player game moved or something along those lines. But uh, yeah. I agree with you. That's a great point. I would I just, be surprised if the Eagles make all 11 picks. Let's be honest. I mean, seven of those are on the maybe? third day. You know, rounds four through seven, they have seven picks. I mean, when you can only sign, like, what, two players in free agency? You kind of need those picks. You do. Um, but they had ten last year, and two of them aren't on the team anymore. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I just think that they might try to trade some of those picks away to get picks next year. 
maybe fortify the, their board in 2022. Um, but they do need picks. There's no question. But it sure makes it hard to do a mock draft, Connor, because, you know, we got to sit down and look at 11 names that could fit. And seven of them are on the third day, which is a complete crapshoot, in my opinion, yeah. trying to predict who they're going to take, you know, in rounds four through seven. They only have the one pick in the fourth round, and that came with this deal to, to move down with the Dolphins. And they're going to use it on a quarterback to make everybody so mad. Okay, so you're tipping your hand again on your mock draft, I see. I don't know. I, cause I don't know if they're going to have that pick at the end of the day because if they do move up to nine, I'm going to have to figure out what type of package I include to get there. So I don't know if they're going to have this at the end of the day. We'll see. I think Harry Rose is going to be aggressive on the board. They're oh, going to get their guys. If they're gonna, with all this ammunition, to me it screams, I'm going to use this and I'm going to get the guys that we're sure on. And if we're not sure on anybody else, well, there's always next year when we have a way more thorough process. Yeah, right. And to me, it screams, let's get back into the first round if we see a guy with, there that we like. You can. Uh, and, you and can we, options too. Yeah, and, and get back into that first round and maybe get get rid of some – you know, find a team that picks late that doesn't have many picks. I don't know who that would be there. Seattle only has three picks in this draft. Um, they might want some picks if the Eagles were to try to move up into the – I'm not even sure Seattle has a first-round pick. Um, but uh, – Not yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I don't remember. But um, Yeah, they trade for Jamal Adams. Sorry, what am I thinking? Yeah, they don't have a first-round pick. So they don't have a first-round pick, yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't know who you would identify as the possible move back in. Maybe the Jets again. Maybe the, I think the Jets pick uh, again at number 23. The Browns with Andrew Barry. I mean, I, I just feel like I, I, I think the Browns probably want to build up picks too because uh, they're kind of like giving top-heavy contracts out. I know they have great cast space, but I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I, the connection's there. Maybe the Browns yeah. don't feel like they like where they're at at 26. I'm just trying to make connections. But, yeah, right, right. Um, Ed, my, that Jalen Hurts piece that I'm talking about, that we spoke about in the beginning, though, that was my like my first experience of people reading the headlines and not the article, though. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you make these social media posts and you try to announce your articles, you can only put so many characters. Like, <laughs> that was a... That article is about sixteen hundred characters. <laughs> like, it's a lot more in the article to explain than what a, a tweet possibly can. Because a lot of people are like, they don't know him anything. And I'm like, well, I would argue that they do. And if you read the piece, I'd argue why. Because I mean, the potential that he showed in such four games, and what people don't really understand, and what I thought talking to Kayvon Wallace and you know our relationship with the Rager family and getting the thought process of what it was to like to be a rookie last year. I mean, it was completely unorthodox, as I always say. I say it numerous times it's because it's true. Like, these rookies coming into the NFL had the hugest curve of any rookie in NFL history yep. ever. And for Jalen Hurts to be able to, you know, adapt his ability to be a downfield, natural downfield thrower with Doug Peterson's broken offense and produce the numbers that he did that I showed in the article – that's I so I, I would argue the Eagles do owe him for what he's shown them because he's blown their expectations out of the water numerous times already. Why do you think he can't do it again? Give him the opportunity to do so while you build around him in the meantime. And if he doesn't, is if he's not able to, and he shows you, hey, you know, he was what we thought he was going to be that insurance policy behind our franchise quarterback. Well, guess what? You had the ammunition to get that now, but in the meantime, figure that out because this guy's already proven you wrong already. Yeah. Like 
that nothing nothing Donovan McNabb did was special with the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to be honest with you from a talent standpoint, from a physical attribute standpoint, he had a a decent arm. Not the best arm. He did have some great deep balls sometimes, but it was on a consistent basis, I would argue it wasn't there. He was never the type of guy that's going to throw for 40 touchdowns in a season. It was never going to happen. 32 was his highest. And that was with T.O. here. They didn't really put the, the best receiving talent around him, but still, it was just not going to happen. I don't think McNabb would ever be that type of wide receiver. I mean, excuse me, quarterback. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to be Ed. But I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. But again, this is a different era of football than it was when McNabb was a quarterback. So do I think Jalen Hurts could be developed into the Dak Prescott type of quarterback like I alluded to? Yes. I do think so. I yeah. don't think what Dak does is much different than what Jalen does. I think Jalen's a more physical runner, better mobility-wise than Dak, and I think Dak's probably a better thrower at this point. But I think you could develop Jalen into a better thrower than he, he's shown to be because a lot of things that are wrong with him, Ed, is progressions, getting through his progressions in the middle of the field because he's great against zone coverage. He deciphers zone. He could read a defense. Whoever thinks he can't read a defense is wrong. He was wrong. He could. But he, he needs to target the middle of the field better. And how you target the middle of the field better is that you work on your footwork. Because if you don't get your feet set, you're not going to throw to the middle of the field well. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So what is he doing right now? He's working with one of the re- renowned quarterback trainers that pretty much Deshaun Watson credits to making him the quarterback he is today. in yeah. Quincy Avery. And that's exactly what they're working on is the fundamentals and his technique. So I would argue Jalen Hurts does have deserved the opportunity to prove to the Eagles that he's more than he's already shown them. Especially because, I mean, you came in and you made the Dirk franchise quarterback who the GM had a fat head of in his office uncomfortable. You made his job security feel threatened. You made him second guess everything he did on the field. And then you came in in a broken offense and you provided a spark because you beat the New Orleans Saints. That wasn't something easy to do. And then you had probably one of the most exciting quarterback performances the Eagles had in the past recent history probably since 2017, to be honest with you, against the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. So um, I, I would argue it's that they are right, or Jalen Hurst has forced them to think that they need to give him a chance. I, I love that he's putting in the offseason time with Quincy Avery, you know, yeah, trying to get better. He's still raw. He's still yeah. raw. I mean, I think really they, cool. and, and Wilson crazy. was extremely raw when he was at North Carolina State and then going to Wisconsin. And then the Seahawks bring him in, and he proved to them to be more than what they anticipated him to be because Matt Flynn was supposed to be their guy. Well, so Wilson was supposed to be the developmental guy, but then he proved to them to be more than he was supposed to be. I'm not saying Jalen Hurts could beat Russell Wilson, but I'm saying he already proved to you to be more than what he's used to be. And Jalen Hurts, I mean, excuse me, Russell Wilson was an unorthodox type quarterback. So was Jalen Hurts. So once those quarterbacks can prove to you that they're more than what they uh, you anticipated them to be, give them the chance. Just give them a chance. Because you can be successful with that type of quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you know what Jalen Hurts needs? He needs OTAs. He needs a mini camp. He needs spring uh, training camp. He needs an offense that makes their wide receivers have open space. And and they're only going to get that by being together on the field, not this virtual stuff that we saw last year. And we don't know where the NFL is going with these decisions yet as far as the May OTAs and the yeah, June I mini mean, camp. Just, uh, I the think- best thing about that is, you know, him and Rager and Ward are already, like, best friends and they've already had that that relationship before they became eagles but i mean yes you're right they need more of that and even it, it's still different than when you're playing against nfl competition right and you, you need right. more structure than just you know three or four guys getting together on a high school field and throwing it right. around or you know, a training facility you, you need to get into your building where you know 
with all 53 guys or 90 guys, I guess, at this point in the year for OTAs. I mean, you need to get in there and you need to put the structure in place and you need to work with your linemen in front of you and the defense out there trying to, you know, defend what you're throwing at them. I mean, that that's what he needs. I mean, to be honest with you, and he didn't get that last year. Uh, nobody did. Um, but to me, you can put all the off-season off work in that you want. And, you know, we saw with the Sixers with Ben Simmons shooting his jump shots uh, in the off-season. And then when it came game time, he refused to take the shot. So, you know, look. You- oh, yeah, it's a different pace. It's a different field. Like, you revert exactly back to your – what your fun – I mean, your your habits. Everybody reverts right. back to their habits once it comes yeah. game time. It's what you're comfortable right. with. And, and, and the only way to change those habits or but, to work on better habits are to get out there in a structured environment like the OTAs and mini camp and training camp provide and to do it repeatedly, time after soon, time after time and again. How soon we forget that we once had a promising quarterback that had horrible habits from his rookie season get worked on in the offseason and fundamentally fixed the next following next season. Yeah. How soon we forget, my friend, because Carson Wentz was a one-read thrower his rookie season, and it was bad because mm-hmm. it got him a lot of turnover situations and it forced the offense in bad situations, and that was just being a rookie quarterback. Right. And we all gave him that chance, but for some reason we can't give Jalen Hurts the same benefit. Yeah, and, and you know, you could say, well, you know, how he was trying to move up to number three, but he wanted to get Zach Wilson, you know, I – Listen, I, the Eagles are just looking around at quarterbacks. And, I, you know, they have these this ammunition now, and everybody's saying, well, you can trade it for Deshaun Watson, but he's got the legal issue. So I don't think he's going anywhere. And Russell Wilson will be 33 this, this November. I, I mean, trade this, for him. To go, because you're, you're speaking on the rap sheet tweet, and I think a lot of people read way too much into it. But would it be fair to say that the Eagles think Zach Wilson has a higher ceiling than Jalen Hurts? Sure. That's fair. I think that's a fair assessment to really make. But – so, if the Eagles believe that, would they, you know, would they be faulted for doing? I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I just think the whole thing with Zach Wilson was, if they know that the Jets are taking him, they knew way in advance because Joe Douglas is the GM, and he, he's not going to lie to Howie. They're, right. He's not going to be hiding something from Howie. They're going to know. But if they're not. Then the Eagles would be picking and pick number two, and trading up for number six and getting Zach Wilson if they wanted him. That's all I know. Because the Forty ers are taking Zach Wilson at three if the Jets don't take him at two. And if the Forty ers take him at three, the Eagles could have done them what the Forty ers did before the Forty ers did it. Especially since they already traded with the Dolphins, right? And they t- the the Dolphins are picking where the Eagles were picking before. If Jets don't take Zach Wilson, the Eagles could have had him easily. Because the Dolphins obviously want to pick number six. They want to pick their guy at number six. They clearly just showed that. Yep. So I think there's a lot of smoke to that Zach Wilson theory. And I think... Could be. I mean, Ryan Rappaport issued out a, redi- like a redacting statement immediately after that, though. And right. I understand, like, look, if the Eagles have their board and they have Zach Wilson as a higher civilian than Jalen Hurts, I think that's kind of normal, to be honest with you. Because I don't think they even understand what Jalen Hurts is. Because they didn't really, because they already surprised them already as is. So I still think Jalen Hurts, and the, the whole reports of them being unsure of him, of course they are. They're unsure about Derek Barnett, and they've been, he's played way more games than four. They're unsure about a lot of players on this team that played way more than four games. I would be unsure about Jalen Hurts. I still am. I'm just talking about 
I, I'm analyzing what I've seen on film from an individual standpoint, and he showed a lot of good attributes in the starting quarterback that you can build upon, especially when you bring in a quarterback coach that has a personal connection to him, that's known him for forever, that could probably put him in the best situation he could possibly be in, and an offensive coordinator who was just a part of the most successful rookie quarterback seasons in the most unorthodox history um, season in NFL history. And a coach, head coach, who builds an offensive system, or at least who's been a part of an offensive system that thrives with putting receivers in space where he was best at in Oklahoma and in Alabama. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry for being optimistic about that. <laughs> I'm sorry for thinking, because a lot of people hated on that article because they're thinking, Neil's don't owe Jalen Hurts anything. And I'm like, yes, they do from what he showed them. They don't owe him anything personally, but from what he showed them on the field, they owe him a chance to prove to them that he can be the starting quarterback because I don't. he's already proven them wrong so far. I think he can do it again. Yeah. Given given the year to develop, like he's developing, sure, I, I agree with you. I don't I don't know if Joe Flacco does. I think he wants to come in and take that starting job. Oh my god, so overblown, Ed. <laughs> so overblown. I, I I love the high series behind that. If I ever had a backup quarterback that came in and said, "Yeah, I'm just here to hold a clipboard," get him off my team. Right. I mean, Chase Daniel came in and said, "I'm here to beat Carson Wentz out for the you know the backup job," or you know, I'm here to beat out Sam Bradford. Yeah, and I'm right, here to exactly. beat Carson Wentz's backup. Yeah, I. I remember it firmly. Yeah. If I ever have a backup that says that, get him off my team. Why don't I know why? Because too many times in Philadelphia Eagles history has the backup played. And if he's not ready to play or he doesn't have the, the mentality that I want to play and be a competitor, get him off my team because he's not going to be good. Right. Exactly so right. I, I, so Flacco <laughs> comes in with that attitude, and it's just, you know, he's here to be the backup. In one year, $3.5 million when Tyrod Taylor gets 12. I know he might potentially play, but he's still got 12. And Jacoby Brissett, who's not going to play because Dolphins are all in on Tua, he's getting $7 million. Joe Flacco's not. The Eagles didn't sign Joe Flacco to play. They've signed him to be the best backup quarterback available on the market at the affordable rate that they could afford. Right. And, hey, he has starting experience. He won a Super Bowl MVP before. That's that helps. Yeah. Yeah, I and think that's think, a good signing. I like the signing of Flacco. Joe Flacco doesn't fit what the Eagles have with Jalen Hurts, so there's two different type of quarterbacks. The The Ravens drafted Lamar Jackson at pick 32 when they had Joe Flacco as their starting quarterback, damn knowing they had to switch their whole entire offense on the fly. I think Nick Sirianni, who had to adapt from Andrew Luck to Philip, to Jacoby Brissett to Phillip Rivers, and Shane Seidens had to adapt from Phillip Rivers to Justin Herbert, and Brian Johnson, who's had to do different quarterbacks in Florida, can adapt on the fly if they need to. Yep. I'm not too concerned about what type of quarterback they brought in. They brought in the best affordable, the best backup available at the most affordable rate that they could afford. Yep. And and I think they're bringing two in. I think they're going to bring two more in in the draft. I think they'll draft one. I think they'll sign one as an undrafted free agent. agent. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think they'll draft one in the fourth round or the third. Yeah. If they have, a, if they, I don't know if they might in the third, but I think the fourth round is at least I, the bare minimal. Uh, yeah, I think the third day for sure. Well, they like Davis Mills a lot, man. And I know you said it multiple times, but they do. It's yeah. that's a real thing there. That that Davis Mills Stanford um, Brian Shaw Eagles connection is real. I, I I really think that he's a target for them. And, and KJ Costello, he came from that Stanford. I would love that too. I would love that too. You know, he came from David Shaw. Shaw spoke highly of them. You know, I wrote about it for the SI.com. and uh, you know they like Shaw. They like his program, and KJ Costello is a product of that. You could probably get KJ Costello in like the fifth, maybe. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, I and and maybe Ian Book is an undrafted guy from Notre Dame. I mean, you know, he's yeah. another guy that they could find in the undrafted free agency world. So, you know, they're going to do some moves in quarterback in the draft and after the draft, and it's going to be exciting to see who they add because everybody loves the quarterback position, uh, and we'll see who they get. But I like Davis Mills. I, I think Jamie Newman will be gone. You know, guys like that. Kellen Jamie Mott, Newman would be a good prospect for the Eagles too, though, because I. I saw yeah. someone say it, and I couldn't agree more. When you have that third-string quarterback, you want them to be a good scout team quarterback for how the league is going mobility-wise. Right. He would so Jamie that. Newman would be a great pick for the Eagles. And especially since, I mean, if if you're building this offense around Jalen Hurts, Joe Flacco's your one-year backup. You're going to want that new backup to fit what Jalen Hurts can offer. And I think Jamie Newman would be that type of guy. Right, right. Or, or Kellen Mond, even. Kellen um, Mond, yes. Kellen Mond, I think he's going to go higher than anything, though. I think he's going to go in yeah. third round. Yeah, I, I think – and I think – um same with um, Davis Mills. I think he'll. I think that too. I think Davis Mills is a third round prospect. And I think Jamie Newman will go in the third round too. So, oh, I mean, he could. You maybe know. I think he's like, you know, day three. But maybe we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but the Joe Flacco area, man. Felipe Franks from Arkansas. He could be in play for the Eagles on day three, also. Ed, since we, oh, I agree with you, but I'm just. Because I, I want to wrap this up a little bit, though. Just I want to finish the show with this. I, get, I mean, you saw we work in the media industry. We see other people talk because we're we're doing the same job, and we support each other. I think it's a really good supportive industry. But I mean, a lot of fellow beat writers blew up this Joe Flacco deal and made it look like so bad on the Eagles' part. And I thought it was kind of silly because. I understand what Joe Flacco signed with the Jets coming off that injury, though. I think that you that plays way more into it than anything. But Tyrod and Jacoby really set the back of quarterback market. The Eagles just kind of obliged to what it was. Obliged to what it was. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. paying Joe Flacco 3.5 is pretty much – I mean, it wasn't really all 3.5. I mean, a lot of it's incentives. But, I mean, they gave him the going rate of what the back of quarterback market dictated for this offseason. So yeah. why is it that big of a deal? Well, I don't think it is. I mean, listen, the money always, the market always bears what the market bears, and that's what exactly. That's why the market dictates yeah. itself. I you can't look at Ronald Darby just got from the Broncos. I yeah. mean, I mean, I, I think he's a good player now. I think it was more Jim Schwartz's fault than it was Ronald Darby's fault because he really bounced back with Ron Rivera. He played yeah. very well in the Washington Football Team. I think he's going to do. I don't know if he's going to do well at Denver, but it's, he's kid a huge deal. I mean, that's just the cornerback market, though. So I'm saying, like every position, Kenny Galladay got huge money. But he was the wide receiver one on the wide receiver market. It's just how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, I think just the market dictates what it dictates. And, you know, backup quarterbacks are in high demand. And, you know, you're going to have to pay them a decent salary. Now, you could say, well, Mitchell Trubisky got 2.5 from the Buffalo Bills. But, you know, I think that was his choice. He wanted to go there. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I have no problem signing Flacco for three point five million, and the contract didn't even look all that bad when it was broken down. Yeah, he can make the four million in incentives. He won't reach it unless something happens to Hurts and he has to play more. But you know, technically, it's it's not that bad of a deal. You know, it's one point five million, I think, as a salary cap charge this year. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I never begrudge contracts what what the market bears. I really don't. I mean, even in Kenny Galladay, look, that's what the market bears. He's going to be a number exactly one. That's why I never do either. I, I, I always say, you know, I'm, I, I, as much as I don't agree with the money, it doesn't matter. It's what the market dictates when you play the player. That's how the agents get these players played. It's, it's yeah. how it works. It's the yeah. industry. Yeah. So I never have an, a problem with it at all. I just I, – I thought so many people – I mean, 
every single outlet was hating on it. And I, I mean, not hating on it specifically, but they were just talking down on the money and the Eagles and getting fleeced by Flacco. And I'm like, excuse me. Like, I, I, yeah. this, is, this is such an overreaction to feeding the negativity of what the Eagles are right now because of all the dysfunction going on. Yeah. I think this is the one move that we can say, all right, I don't love Flacco, but I mean, it's whatever. It's not like they it's the backup quarterback. Right. Well, here, and here's another thing. Remember, it's not our money, right? So, why, yeah. you know, listen, I love when athletes get paid, especially, well, probably I would say that more about NFL players because it's such a rough game. It's so hard on the body. It takes a physical toll in the short term and the long term. And, you know, you have a small window of opportunity to make that money. So I never have a problem with with. with NFL players getting paid, whatever the market dictates, they get paid. Or if a team overpays because they have a need that they need filled, you know, great, roll with it. But it's not my money. I don't care. Pay them what you want. No skin off my back. All right. So, guys, mock drafts are dropping this week for Sports Illustrated Eagles Madden. So, Ed, let's, I'll let you lead into what we're doing with the mock drafts again because we did something similar last time, but we're doing the whole entire mock draft this time. So, right. I'll let Ed describe what we're doing. Well, yeah, our, our mock drafts 1.0 were just the three rounds. And this time, you, uh, John McMullen, and myself, we're going to do all 11 picks as of now. And there's going to be trades, I'm sure. I know, you, Connor, you already got something cooking uh, trade-wise. Uh, and that's what makes it fun. But listen, I stress again that these are, these are you know, we're meant to have fun with these, you know, to give oh, you some food for oh, fun. I don't don't rip them. Don't take them, like, you know, over-the-top serious. We're just providing an, an yeah. avenue for you to think about what we're putting out there. I'm sure everybody else has their own opinion. Um, and this is ours, and we're having fun with it. And I know Connor studies the heck out of it for his drafts. Uh, to really try to narrow down what he wants to do. Me, I'm more of a, you know, put a, put a, a few names on a dartboard and throw the dart. So, Oh, man, for a guy who's saying that, he predicted the Eagles trade down to 12. Yeah, right, oh, I, did. I did. Yeah, that's not, I don't want to hear that. I, that's what I was going to say. I'll laugh if somebody contacts because I think that's a possibility that they can take uh, Christian Ballmore. I, I don't think it's that huge of a – Yeah, that's what I predicted in my 1.0 was a trade down with the Niners, but now it was the Dolphins, and p- taking Christian Barmore, who I love. I think Cousins' future is a little more shaky – long-term future. It's a little more shakier than we want to admit, to be honest. Well, here, here's the thing. I think when you have guys like Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham and these leaders, Lane Johnson, you have guys that have been in the league. You bring in – kind of an understudy to that person and let them learn from one of the best in organizational history. I think you have to take advantage of that. So the time to get a defensive tackle like a Christian Barmore isn't when you don't have any, it's when you have Fletcher Cox in the building who can take the young guy under his wing and say, this is how we do things on and off the field. Same with a defensive end, like a Joe Tryon from Washington, who I like an awful lot. You can, Brandon Graham can bring him under his wing or a Elijah Vera Tucker coming under the wing of Lee Johnson. Colin yeah. Jenkins. I think they had another defensive tackle over here when they took Fletcher Cox. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Trent Cole was on the team. And, Tr- and Fletcher talks yeah, about Trent, how he talked to him about taking care of your body. And Fletcher's this 21, 22-year-old kid coming into the league who thinks he's invincible. Not, And he's talked about this, Fletcher. Not even caring about his body. Not even thinking about five, ten years down the road how his body's going to feel. But Trent Cole drilled that into him to make sure you're doing the right things off the field at a young age where you think you're invincible and bulletproof, and it, these are the things you have to think of. So that, to me, is what you have to take advantage of. You've got to bring guys like Barmore and whoever, Quiddy Pay, whoever you're looking at, 
as, as a defensive lineman, you have to take advantage of Fletcher and Brandon being in your building, teaching them the right things. Oh, I love that. That's what's fun about these model drafts because that's, that's your personal yeah. feeling towards them. That's what it, that's a, it's just our personal feelings towards them. Like, that's it. I and mean, we don't yeah, know. Just, just have fun I mean, with them. You know, just have fun with them. Right now, I, I strongly believe the Eagles are trading up, and I think that does happen. But okay. I, I, that's my personal feeling, too. But that's also have had some hints towards that. So I do okay. think kind of think it happens. But I will say it's fun to put your personal feelings towards it and what you personally think they're going to do. And that's all these mock drafts are, so don't take them too personally is what I try and tell you guys because right. he was right already, so don't. Don't tell him he's going to be wrong next time because you might get proven wrong again. <laughs> hey, I want to say, too, I picked Derek Barnett. I did have Derek Barnett mocked to the Eagles in 2017. Uh, and that came off of a conversation, a really good one-on-one conversation I had with Joe Douglas uh, and how he talked, how much they loved Derek Barnett. He, you know, he raved about him. So I knew they were well, – I didn't know. But that's why I mocked Derek Barnett in 2017. I haven't been right since. Why I had Carson Wentz in 2016. Everybody had that one right. Yeah. right? But uh, – I haven't been right since. I didn't pick Dillard or uh, uh, Rager uh, last year, but you know I had them picking Rager. I had a little, I had a little tidbit though of how high they were on him. Though that's the only reason why I had them picking Rager. Oh, but but I mean they were super high on him. They were super high on him. I mean yeah. Darren Sproles was like having casual conversations with him daily yeah. before they picked Jalen Rager. So I mean, I I I would argue that. Jalen Rager's performance this past year played more in, played a huge role into Doug Peterson's firing more than anything else too because they they definitely don't think Jalen Rager is the player that he was used to be last year and I think when you hire a head coach who has such firm grasp of developing wide receivers as he has I mean he was a wide receiver position um, wide receiver coach he's he's had a strong track record with wide receiver production as we highlighted in one of our previous episodes. I, I think that single was like, hey, we think these guys are different than what our coach has been using them to be. Yep. Get a guy in here who specializes in that so he can prove us right. I agree. So, I mean, I I mean, they can go anywhere with this pick. Yeah, they can trade up. They can take a 12. They can do anything. It's going to be fun to talk about. Yep. But- I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, your mock draft drops this week. Uh, mine will drop as well as John McMullen's. So, um, you know, check it out on si.com slash Eagles slash or slash NFL slash Eagles. That's it. SI.com slash NFL slash Eagles. Link in bios. Yeah. Because I do put the link in my bio. So just go look at the link in the bio. We're dropping these mocks, and it's going to be fun. I can't wait for it. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.